You know, Mark, the other day, my grandma was like, Mijo, you put in so much work in the podcast. Why do you do it? And I said, Grandma, it's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. <laughs> take what's ours. Hello and welcome to We Digress, the podcast that's a hot mess. I'm your host, Mike. <laughs> Bumblebee Madrano joined, as always, by Cloud Taco man bark cloud what the why are you wearing a sombrero because <laughs> i'm a taco bro yeah but like you don't put sombreros on tacos because i'm here to fiesta bro all right okay let, <laughs> let right now oh no dude are you gonna do the chuco whistle do the chuco whistle wait what the hell's a whistle the chuco whistle don't you just go oh i can yeah. though <laughs> i can't do that dude. i can't <laughs> Uh, this is a very visual podcast, so if you're listening to the audio, I'm really sorry. Maybe we'll post a picture of our costumes on Instagram. Uh, I'll have to take a quick screenshot, I guess. But yeah, it is uh, currently right now, October 29th. This is the last <coughs> Spooky Day episode of Spooky Month for this podcast. And uh, like I said in the intro, I'm a bumblebee. Mark's dressed as a taco. But Mark, I'm not, I'm not any old bumblebee. Okay. Okay. What type of bumblebee are you? Ugh, hold on. I'm getting tangled in everything. Hold on. Hold on. We're holding on. Please uh, close. Or... Oh, I'm a killer shit. bee, bitch. <laughs> I'm a killer oh, killing my bee. Goodness. I, can't, I, I literally cannot see anything. Nice, nice. Hey, I like up, it. Guys? I'm a killer bee. Looking fresh. Looking. Do mint. I do the entire podcast like this? Can you? Is that a thing? I might. Maybe you could do it. Maybe. I believe in you. I like punched my fucking desk, dude. Holy <laughs> shit, dude! Everything's <laughs> sliding off my head. What's up, guys? I'm a I'm a motherfucking dude. My I have a big fucking head, dude. You see this shit? I think it's me. Well, maybe. <laughs> I gotta take it off, dude. I gotta fucking take off the mat oh my god dude holy shit oh my goodness dude my well, freaking hat is flaccid I the old college try it's okay dude my little my little dangly things are flaccid so you're good <laughs> i can't get it up dude i, I don't always, i don't have this problem i this swear is, this doesn't always happen i keep punching my mic i keep punching my me dude <laughs> hold on i gotta i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking we're gonna fucking dude we're gonna fucking figure this out we're okay? fucking any fucking in chat there i'm a killer bee i have the mask on my head now i like it i All like right. it now that now that that uh is fucking over we can start the pot hey mark how are you doing today it's a podcast i'm i'm doing pretty okay i'll say okay yeah doing why are you doing okay and not amazing <laughs> because i got absolutely just my gastrointestinal track got absolutely annihilated yesterday yeah, how's your asshole doing? It is not good. I'll tell yeah. you that. It's not good. <laughs> I uh, I ate some of Da Bomb Beyond Insanity, which is the most vile thing that has ever, you know, passed my lips. And a lot of things have passed my lips. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say to you, that's, that's a hell of a statement. It was disgusting. It wasn't, it, it tasted like fucking chemicals. It was literally, there was like not even, it was just pain. It it blurred my vision. It made my ears pulse. And I was like, I, I I don't know. I was in like a fever dream or something. 
It was literally chemical warfare on your butthole, dude. Exactly. Don't don't the do Geneva it. Geneva Conventions outlawed the bomb, <clears throat> but Marx said, "Fuck the Geneva Conventions." Fuck Geneva. Excuse me. Uh, we're drinking tonight, right? Uh, yeah, I got myself a Cape Cod right here. Have you ever been to Cape Cod? Mm-mm. You fucking... I, you know what, dude? You shouldn't be drinking that then. No, I guess that's true, huh? Yeah. Only people from... It's like Long Island iced teas, dude. Only people from Long Island can drink those. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Checks dude. out. Checks out. You're not going to fact check me on that one anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's exactly what it did, Koki. Koki yeah, said so- it poisoned my water supply, burned my crops, and delivered a plague into my bathroom. And yeah, they, it, did, it did all of that. Yes. It did. Well, hey, Mark, as much as I love talking about your butthole, and boy, do I love talking about your butthole. <laughs> Uh, we have some, some news, some stuff that we're going to go over like the previous episodes before we get into the spooky stories. I hope you have a good one picked out for tonight. Yep. Cool. I'm, I'm uh, excited. So first things first, I don't, did we talk about the Valkyrie situation last week? Or we, last did, we did not. We did not. We did not. Okay. Cause I think it happened during off the week. Yeah. Uh, you want to touch on that a little bit? I know we've talked about it in like privately, but do you want to give a quick rundown of what's going on? So the basis is Valkyrie released her new makeup line, which is a partnership with, I think it's called Reflect. Yeah. So the, the line is called Reflect and it's skincare. Yeah. Okay. It's skincare. Yeah. Why did I think make, whatever it's skincare, it but the matter. biggest controversy that it came with is that it, it, it claims to be, you know, effective in helping skin against blue light damage. Mm-hmm. And it cited, sources that was done okay i think the sources were done by the company itself right so that's already a conflict of interest and there was other studies that valkyrie said were done but they're never they were never released to the public which is very sketchy because yeah you know you want all your stuff peer-reviewed you know it's uh, between other scientists and everything that's how you know something is good that's how you know you know how you get your facts checked and everything so them refusing to release it obviously is a very bad sign. It's not good yeah. at all. And uh, she basically faced a lot of flack because a lot of people were saying that she sold out to this makeup brand to get her fans to buy stuff, basically. And she was peddling pseudoscience, I think is what a lot of people said. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say, I think the, the idea that she was doing this to scam her fans out of money is just fuck it's anybody saying that is a fucking moron first of all yeah because like a week prior to that she did what over a million dollars in merch sales oh yeah so if she was trying to like pedal anything you know i mean like she could just put merch out right and she's gonna make so much money off of that i think what it comes down to and uh i know she mentioned it in her stream and there were some DMs that leaked. I don't know if you saw these between her and Ludwig. No. Um, so basically what it came down to was her agent approached her. Her agent was approached by this company. It's what ideations or something like that. Something that like company? that. Yeah, it's something like and that. And was like, <clears throat> hey, is there anything that Valkyrie would want to do? And she's like, well, I've always been interested in skincare. So they 
you know, push the idea of like, well, what if we create something to protect against blue light, which, you know, we, there's some studies to show that blue light, which is emitted from like screens can be harmful to your eyes. Right. Right. So they were like, well, what are the effects of this blue light on the skin? So this company, apparently they went out, they did the research. She saw the research, but she was told that they could not publish the research because if they did that, it would interfere with it becoming FDA approved because if the information was out there, then that means that other companies could start producing products that would also protect against blue light, which would then slow down the process for getting approved by the FDA. Right. Which already just sounds fucking batshit crazy. Oh yeah. Um, the website launched according to her, it was supposed to launch with the information uh, from the studies. It did not. So she basically went dark and uh, she went dark for like a day, came back and said that the inf- the the website was going to relaunch with the correct information. It did, but it was very vague. I don't know if you saw the site when it relaunched. Uh, I saw what other people posted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah it, yeah, it was very vague and it was just like, yeah, here's two studies. And it was, that was it. It was like, you know, yeah, this is what blue light does. And here are two studies to back it up, but they're not, they weren't pe- like peer reviewed studies. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all this stuff's going on. She's trying to distance herself. She basically says that, you know, she is bound by a contract. She's trying to get out of the contract. She's wanting to get out of the contract. Um, in some DMS that were leaked between her and Ludwig, Ludwig basically says, well, Hey, nobody can tell you that you didn't see the research that they provided you. Um, you know, she invested money, apparently Ulta, which is a big beauty brand. It's like a brick and mortar and online store. They invested $4 million into this product. So she even said like, I mean, Ulta believed in this too, or else they wouldn't have, you know, invested $4 million into the research and development of it. Right. Okay, but did Ulta invest after Valky Ray's name was attached to it? I think this was something that was already in that was already in the works because the day that it launched in stores, it was launching exclusively at Ulta. Okay. So this could have been something like, yeah, you know what? Valkyrie was attached to it two years ago and they went to Ulta a year ago, right? And they invested. Or it could have been they invested at the same time that Valkyrie came on, right? We don't know. We don't know when Ulta invested this money. Right. Because right. I think, like, I, having Valkyrie's name attached to something, mm-hmm. I think Ulta would be smart enough, like, oh, Valkyrie is omega popular. Yeah. So if her name's attached to this, this is a good, you know, this will be a good selling product. Yeah. And so right now, as it stands, she, according to these leaked DMs, she's totally fine being like the scapegoat. Uh, and this is based on what she told Ludwig. She's fine with being the scapegoat. She's fine with being labeled a scammer. Um, but what she's trying to do is get out of the contract, which she might be able to because apparently she didn't sign a part of a contract or something like that um, because she says, ultimately, this company has ruined her reputation. I don't know about which, ruined. It is, it's definitely hit it, I, but I don't think ruined. I think it's... I think ruined in the sense that like a general, like the general public 
will be like, oh yeah, the the scammer kind of thing. But I think people like you and I who are involved in the space and can kind of look at all the facts and see that ultimately what this was, was she just made a really bad business decision without getting all the information, right? A very right. like naive rookie thing to do. And I think that like for that, I, I personally, I can just be like, yeah, she fucked up. You know, she's going to learn from the mistake and hopefully not do it again. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus the general public's going to be like, no, she scammed a bunch of people. So I'm never going to trust her. Right. But then again, on the flip side of that, she is a woman. That's yeah. in the gaming space. And people seem to really be coming at her. But like as Flash Court says in chat, at least she's not pushing foreign cryptocurrency casinos, right? Because there's a lot of male, you know, streamers in this space who are pushing crypto, uh, FaZe Clan, who are just like not getting any sort of backlash for doing something that is a legitimate scam. Exactly. You know? Yep. So I don't know. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on all of this? I just yeah, like you said, people just go in so hard on Valkyrie. Like, of course, she, it was wrong. It wasn't good, right? But yeah. I think she she realized that she did her stream the day after, whenever that was, and she said it was you know she did stupid things, naive mm -hmm. things, and uh, like it, it's fine to you know keep her in check. Like, yeah, you did something wrong. You got to own up to it and everything. At the same time, these people also didn't keep other people in check yeah it's just like okay yeah she she came up with you know her her reputation has been hit she she said she made a mistake she did the mistake but you know where was this outrage when you know other people were actually peddling actual scams right so it's just like i don't know so and i'm gonna bring this up koki koki in chat says there's a terrible that's a terrible scapegoat of she's a woman gamer. Anyone making that excuse or thinking she's getting shit for being a woman is straight up an idiot. She made a bad decision, get caught, got caught, tried to play it down, made it worse, and is trying to victim her way out of it. Two years in the making is what it was, right? Yes, it was two years in the making. Now, my now I'm not trying to say that she's only getting shit on because she's a woman. What I'm saying is I think it's it's people are more vocal about it because she's a woman because as we've seen plenty of times, if you're in the gaming space and you're a woman, you have a lot, there's a lot of extra barriers that you have to get over, basically, right? Right. Because when you are as popular as a streamer as like Valkyrie or Pokimane or even like Amaranth, what are people going to say? The only reason you're popular is because you're a woman, because people think you're cute, because people are, are shrimping over you, whatever it may be. Right. Which we know is not true because if again, the Twitch leaks that we talked about previously, the it's what not even the top 25 includes right. a woman. Right. It's like the top 30. Um, so no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm, I'm not trying to say she's getting shit on cause she's a woman, but I do think it's like when you have members of phase clan who are dudes who are very popular content creators who are legitimately peddling a scam such as the save the kids uh crypto token who were only really getting shit on by like a select number of like other creators and not like the general public i think there's definitely an issue there 
Uh, Koki says, but that's not even true, though. Look at how much shit Summit got for the CSGO gambling. Uh, Phantom Lord is prime example. Yes, I will agree with you there. Um, but if you also look at the CSGO gambling thing, look at what happened with Syndicate and T-Martin. Um, they did not get a lot of shit from the general public. And they were they owned a CSGO gambling site and were promoting it on their in their content without disclosing that they were owners of this organization. So I also think like there's a difference between say like Twitch or YouTube doing something about it and like what the general public is going to think. And what I'm arguing is that the general public is going to hit a female streamer or be more vocal about a female streamer doing something that is seen as scummy versus a male streamer doing something that is seen as scummy. Am I making sense? Mark? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, yeah. So, sorry, I was reading what Koki said. He'll look at train okay. wrecks. The difference is a lot of them don't care. They don't bend themselves to public opinion. Uh, I don't, I mean, not caring doesn't mean that. Yeah, it's not doesn't... caring doesn't ex excuse you from, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean that the thing you're doing is not scummy. And it, yeah, yeah it if sucks. they know they're scum scamming, then it's much worse. So, like, where's the outrage for that? There's no outrage for it. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like if you're knowingly scamming people and there's not this like huge uproar about it from the general public, I mean, then you know. Yeah, I mean, either way, oh. it'll be fine. Um, she's not. I, I'm assuming that she's not. You know, she's not going to have a lasting effect on her popularity. Yeah, I I don't think it would. She has a lot of uh, younger fans that don't even, you know, know what's going on, I would say. Mm -hmm. So she's probably going to be fine. Yeah. This is a hit. And maybe it's just because I look at Valkyrie closer than I look at other people, but it, it feels like it's been blown up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I, I, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. It's going to be fine. And hopefully she learns from this because this is actually not, you know, hopefully she learns from this is the big thing. Yeah. Um, we mentioned FaZe Clan a little bit and uh, why don't we talk about this? FaZe Clan is they've been evaluated at a billion dollars and they're going to be on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker FaZe. Yikes. <laughs> it's going to make why a lot yikes? of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are 100% going to buy FaZe. They're going to be like, yes. people first getting into market being just like, FaZe Clan, you throw up their little yeah. F thing and buy it. So it's going to make a lot of money. And I'm sure that investors, you know, will see that. And uh, stockbrokers will see that. Yeah. So. Now, uh, being that you and I are both, I mean, we're masters of the stock market, right? We eat, breathe, and sleep the stock market. Oh, yeah. I live with stonks, um, baby. Yeah, dude. I feel like it's going to be a really volatile stock. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Because it just seems like there are certain members of FaZe Clan that just cannot stay out of drama, right? And I feel like, first of all, this is going to be really interesting because this is the first gaming organization 
that's going to be publicly traded, right? Right. There are so many members in FaZe Clan that I I feel like if one of them were to have a scandal, it's going to obviously it's not going to kill the stock, but it's going to be very bad for the stock. Right? Yeah, this is going to be one that's going up and down. It's going to be weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be like, really weird. I think it's important to look at what's happened in the past, right? You had the save the kids fucking crypto scam. You have the 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 Tifu lawsuit. You had this um lawsuit that was uh oh my god. It I think it was actually the state of California. They were basically cuz Face Clan is operate, operating like a talent agency. So the 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 uh, state of California was going after them. Um and then just like personal drama that like some of these guys get into like some, you know, back in the day were like super addicted to like drugs and like alcohol and they were letting that affect their public persona. Yeah. There's just a lot of shit that you have to look at in phases history. Yeah. People have to know and, that you, know, uh, you represent the company. Like if you're a yeah. part of it, if you have that phase in front of your name, Everything you do is going to be reflected onto the company. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are some members of FaZe that are super cool. They genuinely seem like really nice people. You know, they don't really, you know, uh, when it comes to things outside of content creation, they, they seem to kind of keep their head down and just focus on content creation. They don't try to fucking scam people like FaZe Darvis, you know, <laughs> with a fucking bullshit crypto. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Am I going to buy this? You bet your sweet ass. I'm going to buy this coin. <laughs> um, or this coin. Look at, see, I'm buying this stock. And as soon as it goes up, I'm selling it, dude. Oh, baby. As soon as it, no, I'm not going to buy any. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be really interesting. It'll be something. Well, we'll I see how it does my... and see if it, uh, encourages other people to go public other orgs yeah. to go public. What was that tweet that I sent you? Uh, fuck, uh, it was my favorite response. Let me pull it up real quick. I sent it to you and Zach. When? The night, the, the day that it, uh, the day that it was announced. Oh, okay. It's from, uh, Carrie. Oh Keo, yeah. Yeah. I see it. Or Cone, uh, who was a caster for LCS, um, for league day. GG. <laughs> it says, with public accountability and the SEC financial transparency requirements, requirements, maybe you guys can stop tricking children into gambling. Good move. Nice, nice. So we I like mean, to see. Yeah, that's, that's it's good. true. Though. Nice, yeah. It's true though. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But still, phase. If you want some some podcasters, fucking hit me up. <laughs> Phase, phase, uh, phase blanks with his uh, shitty Keemstar podcast that he does. Did you hear that Keemstar apparently retired? Good, leave him, get him, get him well, out of here. You say good, but I'm like, yeah, let's 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 pump the brakes real quick. I hate that. I hate Keem, dude. He, but he's done this before. He's like, oh, I've retired just so that he can get on trending because he knows that people hate him. I hope he really does retire, ret uh, retire because. The dude's pushing fucking 40. He has a uh, fucking, like, he's just a scummy dude, right? 
no relationship with his daughter, yet he only goes after legit 20-year-olds. Yikes. Did you, did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. This dude's been like, like, oh, the fucking gnome star over here is like, oh, yeah, I only date 20-year-olds. And it's like, dog, isn't your daughter like almost 20? Yikes. Like, Yikes. Kind of creepy, dog. Yeah, dude. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Killer Gnome stars uh, no more because that dude's a goddamn dude. Bunch of assholes. You, you want me to run you through some of his greatest hits, bro? Yeah, he let's once go. said, let's "Get it." He once said, "I'm gonna do it anyways, dude." He said, "He once said, oh, I don't understand depression. If you're feeling sad, just uh, have a couple shots." What the fuck? Yeah. He he once uh just casually started dropping the uh the n word and was like, hey y'all should go to this person's Twitter and just call him the n word. Uh, what else did he do? Um. Um. Oh yeah, he has uh, in his feud with Ethan Klein of H three H three, he was like, hey everybody should go tweet at him and say death to all Jews because Ethan is Jewish. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. So those are some of Keem's greatest hits. He's not a good person. I hope that he is actually retired and that he's never on the internet again because as uh, Antic says, yeah, he was getting into into 45 territory. Uh, 45 being president. Um, Fuckwad. <laughs> I was like, are you, did you stop? The president, the president before Biden. <laughs> oh, yeah. He also uh, made someone who was suicidal uh you know com- commit 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 suicide um he was a he was a big reason that uh etica you know unfortunately decided to take his own life yeah he's a, he's a, just an awful person yeah he's not a good person so um also his audience is all like 12 year olds which i i feel terrible for those 12 year olds like Please educate yourself. Please fucking educate yourself. Yep. Oh my god. Oh yeah, he also tried to downplay the R word. Dude, there are so many I'm forgetting about all of these. Who? Who? God bless America. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. <laughs> god damn, dude. <laughs> it's just so bad, dude. I don't understand how he still has a fucking Whoa. platform. Like, how does he have a fucking platform? Like, uh, he's yeah. already been banned off of YouTube, yet he somehow is able to run a fucking immensely popular YouTube channel, and they're not doing anything about it. Because he gives them money. <laughs> Absolutely blows my fucking that, mind, dude. It's money. You get money. Yeah. And that's sex. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, dude. I feel like there's so much money to be had. Yeah, They're turning Alex the freaking Jones frogs gay. gay. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. Fucking Alex Jones, dude. Um, I feel like there's so much money to be had if you and I were decided to just go super right wing. Oh god, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think if we were to do that, especially being that we are both you know brown men, we could make a shit ton of money, dude. We could make a killing. Oh, uh, we. <sighs> Hey, hey mark you're Let, probably right it's a sad thing let's, let's do it dude um ready for these controversial right-wing takes oh god uh i i think that there should be stricter gun control fuck i can't do it mark 
<laughs> I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. I I think that people coming from across the border are here seeking asylum because their living situations are bad and they think that the U.S. is a better opportunity. Fuck! I can't Fuck. do it! <laughs> build that wall, by the way. Oh, my God. Dude, I wish that Canada would build a wall. Good old Canadia. So that we couldn't go to Canada, dude. Blame Canada. That'd be so great. All right, enough of the politics. I know Mark doesn't, doesn't particularly care uh, for it. Um, let's talk about our other queen, dude. We already talked about Queen Ray. Pokey. Yeah, this is the this is the shrimp uh episode of the podcast. Uh, but it's only because Pokey decided to launch a talent management company for streamers. Uh Pokimane is now the co-founder and chief creative officer of RTS which is a talent management and brand consulting company that plans to fix quote, what is broken for both streamers and esports. Uh, the firm will, will rethink management to help creators run a stable business that survives in the long run and to support game developers and other brands wanting to make a significant impact. The startup will include a slew of gaming industry veterans, not to mention some major customers. Twitch and Endeavor veteran Stuart Saul will serve as uh, CEO. CEO, while the remaining executives include alumni from Twitch, Blizzard, and PAX. Ooh, Blizzard. Ooh. Ooh. The board includes Twitch co-founder Kevin Lin, PUBG oh, wow. Core's America head Brian Corrigan, and Endeavor executive VP Karen Brodkin. RTS will work with Pokemon as well as Epic Games and Facebook, it will own and co-manage the Evo Fighting Game Tournament. Pokey owns Evo. Which I think is great. Because they co-own that with uh with Sony, right? Sonway, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So Sunway. it could take a while before how uh before it's clear how well RTS fares compared to existing online talent management outfits. However, it's notable that Pokemon and her team are focused on growing small-time streamers. Mark, rather than courting big names uh, that can already fetch major deals. While this certainly won't guarantee fame, it might lead to more people pursuing streaming as a job instead of a hobby. So, Mark, when are you going to get signed, dude? Dude, I would lose my mind if I got signed to Pokey's talent management company. Pokey, hit me up, girl. What's up? Somebody clip that and please tweet it at Pokey. <laughs> Maybe she'll see it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Maybe. So I'm on the website here. If you don't know, it is just rts.gg is the website. Um, so currently, the only creators that they have listed as who they work with is Pokimane. Obviously, right. she's a co-founder. Obviously, yeah. Um, so it says, we're here to help you grow, develop new opportunities, and make your life as a creator better by building a management team around you. How are they going to do that with 360 management? Um, without a long-term plan, you're only uh, as good as your next piece of content. So they're going to help ensure that the long-term viability of your brand, they're going to help you diversify your business revenue, and most importantly, maintain your health and well-being. So they do have, uh, or they will provide growth strategy, business development, PR and branding, uh, legal, as well as taxes and finances. So they'll help you out with all of that stuff. Dude! Too. How are they going to work with uh, publishers? So they're going to bridge the needs of publishers. This is all 
their copy on their website, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it says, we bridge the needs of publishers with those of their business partners and communities. We know both sides of the coin and build strategies to meet the needs of all parties. With eSports, it says, our experience team runs some of the biggest events tournaments on the planet, content plans and brand strategies in eSports. And uh, under streaming, we broadcasted to just about every platform you can think of, broken a bunch of records in the process and brokered incredible deals with every major platform. So who have they worked with? Epic Games, PUBG, PlayStation, and Riot. Which, obviously, they co-own Evo with PlayStation, and they have some members from Epic, PUBG, and... They all send them an email. <laughs> Are you... Do it, bro. Fucking do it. I'll do it. Why not? Yeah, dude. Why not? So, yeah. um, They all also worked with Facebook, Ballantines and Learfield and uh l- let's go over their team a little bit shall we obviously we mentioned uh Pokimane right multiple times but we got uh Stuart Saws the CEO <clears throat> Kim Fan is the chief operating officer Sue Lee is the VP of talent management Jason Scarano is the VP of sales and partnership Min Sik Ko is the VP of esport operations Christian uh, Tomas is the VP of esports programs. Ratha Hartha is the VP of operations. Edison Park is a talent manager, and Valerie Wong is the program manager. Manager. They also have advisors, including Brian Corrigan, Kevin Lin, and Karen Brodkin. We didn't mention Kevin and Karen. Yeah. Uh, at the start of this, dude, so, yeah. this is cool. Are you going to do it? I mean, do I don't it. even. Okay. So at the bottom, it says contact us and it's yeah. like select a topic creator. So then I would just do that and just be like, your, yeah, dude, your name <laughs> I'm just, on my messages. It's just going to be, Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I definitely think that you should do it. Um, which email address are you gonna use? Please let it be Mark's spicy feet picks at gmail.com. I mean I have my streamer email. Oh, is it is it Mark's spicy streamer feet picks? It's it's just cloudmark27. Oh, cloudmark27 spicy feet picks. Yeah, that's Dude, exactly what it is. Picks, I'll just send them feet picks and see how it goes. But uh yeah, dude, you should uh you should look into it. It would be you amazing. Look into it. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. So, <laughs> dude, it's really funny. Oh, my God. What is this, bro? This is so funny. So right at the bottom where it says contact us on the right side, you see where it says press kit. <laughs> click on it. Okay. Browse press kit. Yeah. Just click on it. It should take you to a Google Drive. Yeah. RT's bios. and Look at the folders, bro. There's a folder that just says Pokemane headshots. Oh, dude. shit. Can I click on it? <laughs> Oh yes, shit! Save and you can view the headshots. Saving these? I'm saving them, dude. Pokey has her own folder. <laughs> Rip to the other four who have headshots in that drive. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah executive so... team headshots. <laughs> so there you go, dude. Dude, she's got okay. Okay, Pokey, Pokey. I I just hear me out. Fuck, dude! I don't have a pitch. I need to come up with a pitch, Michael. I'm struggling. All right, listen. As your as your current manager, <laughs> wait. I thought John was my manager. No, fuck John, dude. I'm your manager. Yeah, Jack Fun. Pokey. Every streamer starts somewhere. Some they get as big as you are. Some don't. 
if RTS is all about helping smaller streamers increase their growth, diversifying their revenue streams, then boy, do I have a streamer for you. I'm, of course, talking about my best friend and client, and taco. CloudMark27, <laughs> who's currently dressed as a taco. <laughs> now, CloudMark27 has been streaming for a number of years, since about 2012, 2013. Okay. He knows the game inside and out. He was one of the first people on the platform to become an affiliate. Right now, he's striving to become partnered. He's he he's played everything from League of Legends, oh god, to PUBG to uh he Fortnite. Just go with the Fortnite mark. <laughs> right. We're trying to like, you know, butter him up a little bit. Right now, Cloudmark27 is super into speedrunning which is i think one of the biggest untapped niches on twitch the speedrunning community is so welcoming and so inclusive and this man has how many world records you ask several several yeah several several world records in games such as white day no no not white day not anymore fatal frame 2 fatal frame 2 world record in white day several times Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. listen if you're looking for the next best streamer the next great man dare i say the next like ludwig or (laughs) amaranth well you got it right here with cloud mark 27 oh baby who's dressed as a taco by the way you have anything to say, Cloudmark? Uh, I have three world records, thank you. Fatal Frame 2, 3, and Onechan Bara. Oh, so, okay. I, I, that's why I said several. Yeah, several. Thank you very much. So in closing, Pokey, you'd be not smart to not bring Cloudmark <laughs> into the RTS family. How many horror streamers do you have? Zero. I can feel that niche. Not only that, but I'm also Mexican. So I bring a little spice. That's diversity. Diversity. That's diversity. diversity. <laughs> okay, RTS already looking very diverse. How about a little more diversity? Okay. As the Italians would say, that's a spicy meatball. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Did I just? All right, that's it. Uh... Sorry, what was that? Yeah, Pokey says no, thank you. I'm really sorry <laughs> no, I, I I couldn't even do that for Pokey, the hubbiest. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> All right. I think. Do you have anything else to add to this? No, that's that's it. That's all I got. All right. Uh, just remember, Pokey. I get ten percent. I am his manager. So <laughs> uh, I think we'll go ahead. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our stories. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. Uh, we will be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the second part of this episode. We're going to be getting into the spooky stories in just a little bit, but we got some, we got some housekeeping that we need to take care of. Uh, Mark, if they want to support the podcast, what can they do? So the easiest way for you guys to support our podcast is just... Uh, interacting with our content it's free and uh it does get our name out there and it's really good for us but if you want to support in other ways you can 
do it for as little as 99 cents a month. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash we digress slash support. Or you can buy some of our sick ass merch at we digress podcast.com. But the easiest and freest way is just interact with all of our social medias, which are we digress pod on everything, 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 everything. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, Mark, I'm I'm glad that you're really emphasizing the the free way to help out because, again, you know, COVID's still a thing. I know people are still struggling, and uh, we we fully 100% do not expect you to support us monetar- monetarily. Um, in fact, just watching and listening to the episodes is plenty of support. I think. Um, but yeah, if you want to like retweet a tweet or like tweet at us, we would also really appreciate that uh mark i really hope we pick different stories so do i <laughs> i think we did though there's a lot of stories on the internet yeah i so, well, uh yeah sorry, go ahead there's okay breaking news breaking news fortnite news jinx fortnite. from league of, league of legends is joining fortnite huh and this makes it so there was a rumor earlier that Ari is going to join Genshin. Okay. So I think this adds to that. Okay. I think it adds to it. We'll see what happens. But uh, we'll, we'll see Why how it goes. Why Jinx, though? Why Jinx, though? Because she loves guns and Fortnite is Why not guns? Misfortune? I'm okay with Misfortune not in, <laughs> not in Fortnite. Damn. I mean, I love Fortnite. Put Jinxes. Yeah, but Jinx has like all the guns. She talks to her guns and they can do cool stuff with it. I'm assuming that's why. And it, it feels like it makes sense. Okay, that's fair. Fair game. Fair game. Um, also breaking news, Ethereum is up more than a thousand percent since 2020. So go go buy Ethereum, guys and gals and non-binary. Pa- <laughs> Actually, don't. Crypto is kind of. It's sketch. <laughs> it's scary. do 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 your do your research is what we'll say. Do your research, dude. All right, Mark. Uh, you want to start us off? You want me to start us off? Uh, what do you want to do? All right, I'll start us off. Okay. Let's hope it's not the same story. What's the name of it? We're not okay in Texas, <gasps> dude. I'm not even shaking. That's literally <laughs> the story that I picked. <laughs> literally the story that i picked dude <laughs> what the fuck dude oh no of the millions of stories bro because it has texas in the name i thought it was perfect i just thought because it's a little political that you wouldn't pick it i can pick a different one i'm down with it i you know you, you i got you, I, I got it i got a different one i have another one too i had it i haven't what I the have, fuck? we're good what that fuck? is so funny though <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. (laughs) All right. So, my other one was My Dad is the Best Cook in the World. This is by user Like I Did. Uh, And this is from the Reddit No Sleep. So, if you want to check it out, that is again the user Like I Did. Like, and then it's like I, like a, like I that you see with, and then did. And it's all one word. Okay. So, this is called My Dad is the best cook in the world. If he could be something as simple as a bowl of porridge on Sunday morning, which technically is just a bowl of slime if you think about it. When my father made it, however, it it would be the most delicious breakfast dish in the world. He used a special kind of oats. 
Or maybe he bought the regular kind and made them special by cutting them even more finely. He would toast them gently to help extract their flavor, as he explained. Then he would boil them on low heat, taking his time as he prepared whatever would accompany the oatmeal or porridge. I'm never sure what the right name is, but... I guess Dad's dish would be porridge, simply because it sounds more delicious than oatmeal. My favorite kind of porridge is by far the one he calls birthday cake. He adds in vanilla, colorful sprinkles, and other stuff I forgot. And I kid you not, it's the best breakfast in the world. I know it doesn't sound as crazily innovative as I make it out to be. I suppose it really isn't, because I could use the exact same ingredients, try to mimic his dish, and all I could achieve is oat slime with some melted sprinkles. Not because I'm a bad cook. My mom, for example, is a really decent cook as well, but she can never reach the explosion of flavors in a dish quite the same as my dad. Nobody can. You're such a liar. He can't be the best in the world. Are you? Also, you never even left town. How would you know, Chris? That's what my disbeliever of a classmate, Toby, said after I told everyone that I knew for a fact that my dad was the best cook in the world, and that one day he would travel to every country in existence to battle the best chefs on earth. Back then, we were around six or seven. I'd realized that my dad being such a genius was definitely something I had to use to impress everyone in elementary school with. And everyone believed me, saying how cool that that was and if my dad was a superhero, except for the little know-it-all Toby, of course. If something is the best you can tell, Toby, it's not that hard. And also, everyone who comes to visit us says so, too. So what? Anyone that visits is from here, too, so they don't know the world, stupid. Shut up, Toby! He was right. Nobody lived here ever left town and came back, so they really wouldn't know. And we never got visitors from outside. I still didn't appreciate talk appreciate him talking back like that, though. Toby was the biggest know-it-all of our class, and I was probably the biggest liar. We would bigger we would bicker about stuff all the time for years, which might make it more surprising that we somehow ended up becoming best friends. But now, ten years later, we we're practically inseparable, thanks to our friendship. Toby even had the luck of trying Dad's food from time to time. He still thinks saying that he is the best in the world is an exaggeration, but simply because he doesn't like to admit that I'm right. Oh, if you think that breakfast sounded good, you should see what my father comes up with for dinner. Well, not see, you should taste it, though I'm afraid that's impossible. Dad only makes dinner for us on very rare occasions. He works a lot, and when he comes home, he's usually too tired to cook. So we only get a home-cooked dinner by my father when we get visitors. Visitors that are from our town, always, never from the outside. A lot of them I know quite well. It's usually the same group, a circle of friends of my parents. They have the, this dinner party once or twice a year. It's always at our house because everyone agrees that Dad is the best cook of, cook of them all. They spend other events together as well, at other homes or places. But when it comes to dinner, it's always our home. The dinner parties are very similar each time, for me, for me at least. Guests arrive, I say hello, they ask me embarrassingly boring questions about life and school, and I go back up to my room. I never join them for dinner. Instead, Dad brings me up a plate of food that I eat in my room, which I certainly prefer and am thankful for. Often, Toby comes over as well, and we hang out in my room, while my parents have their party downstairs. Dad was hesitant at first when I asked if Toby could come as well, but as we got older, he agreed it was fine as long as we didn't disturb the party. It kind of has become our tradition to play video games or listen to music in my room and eat Dad's amazing food while my parents practice their own tradition downstairs. These nights might sound like a little mundane, but I used to love every part of them. They've been the same for years now, except for last night. Last night, things changed. As before every dinner party, Dad had been in the kitchen all day cooking while Mum decorated the dining room. 
I helped a little by chopping some vegetables and washing a few dishes in the afternoon. In the evening, before the guests arrived, Toby rang our bell, and the two of us went up to my room to play a new Nintendo game that Toby got as a gift from his uncle. He always gave Toby the best gifts, but he recently moved away from this town. We got so into the game that I didn't even realize how much time had passed until Dad knocked on the door. As soon as it opened, a sweet smell spread through my room. Hints of cardamom, nutmeg, and most prominently, pumpkin. Whoa, that smells amazing, Mr. Milner. What did you make? Oh, just some mashed potatoes with pumpkin and greens. We both knew whatever he made was far more special than that. Even when he used the most boring ingredients, he knew how to mix spices so perfectly that they tasted otherworldly. But when my dad said those words, it didn't sound like he was trying to be humble. He seemed exhausted, which was reflected through the empty look in his eyes. Got up to take the tray of, off his hand that had, th- that had bowls of soup and two big plates full of the dishes my dad had been cooking all day. You alright, dad? Oh, I'm, I'm fine, fine. Just tired. Lots of cooking. Anyway, you know the rules. Enjoy the food, but stay in your room, alright? We both nodded. After the door was closed again, I put the tray next to Toby and sat down. Your dad seemed worried, or weird, he said. I don't think he likes dinner parties very much. He has to work and everyone else just stuffs their faces. Or maybe he's not much of a swinger and your mom makes him, Toby grinned. For the hundredth time, my parents aren't swingers. Right, so why else are we not supposed to see what they're doing down there? Ah, fuck off. Do you want to have dinner with all those old people? They're doing us a favor. Right, dinner, he grinned again. There was no part of me that believed that my parents were actually swingers, but Toby dared me to go look, and I wasn't scared to walk around in my own house. So why wouldn't I go check? That's what I said to him. Tried to act cool, but some part of me was really afraid of whatever was going on down there. You see, these parties have become such a normal event in our lives that... I sometimes forget or try to suppress how weird they really are. First of all, all the guests arrive totally overdressed in cocktail attire and too much makeup. Everyone seems far too excited with big smiles that appear forced. My mother is one of them and enjoys the nights the fullest. My dad is more reserved. One person always brings a big package. I've never seen what's, what, what's in it, though. This is usually all I see before going to my room. As I was tiptoeing down the stairs for the first time during a dinner party, my heart started beating so rapidly that I feared it might overshadow the classical music coming from our living room. Are you scared? A voice whispered in my ear as two hands grabbed onto my shoulder. I turned around to see the dark eyes of my friend and a massive grin on his face. You're meant to wait upstairs, dickhead, I whispered. I didn't want to miss the old guys going crazy. Old? That's a bit rude, don't you think? This time the voice wasn't coming from Toby, but Mrs. Callis, a friend of my parents and dinner guest who apparently just walked out of the bathroom. Oh, hi, um, sorry, Mrs. Callis, we just came down to... I started muttering. I didn't know why, I don't know why I felt so nervous. It was my home after all, but something about her big, widened eyes and the smeared lipstick around her mouth was extremely unnerving. Oh, don't apologize, dearie. You two are quite grown up now, after all. I don't understand why your parents hide you in your room all night. I say you join us for dinner starting now. Come on, come on. She grabbed my fir- She grabbed first my hand, then Toby's. My friend and I exchanged a look of fear and curiosity. Look who I found lurking in the halls. Miss Callis laughed loudly as we approached the living room. My mother had really outdone herself with the decorations. Big candles everywhere, black tissues formed into pretty shapes, the chandelier above the table dimmed to a warm yellow. The only thing outshining the decorations was the food on the table. My eyes met the, met the one of my mother, who looked less angry than I imagined. Actually, everyone looked at us smiling. 
They didn't seem that annoyed that we were interrupting. And luckily, nobody was naked. Why don't we make some space for the kids? Let them enjoy this delicious meal with us for once. They look quite grown up to me, Miss Callis said, and everyone started mumbling. Chris, Toby, do you want to sit with us? My mother asked in a nervous tone. I looked over at my father, whose face had turned completely pale. Just as before, he had a strange look in his eyes. But I realized that it wasn't exhaustion. It was fear. No, that's okay. Um, we, we still have our food upstairs, I said. Nonsense, Mrs. Callis said. We have two empty seats right here. Tonight you will join us. End of discussion. It seemed way more normal than I had imagined at first, until they all started digging into the food as if they were starving animals. Ripping off huge bites with their teeth, swallowing whole chunks of meat, and pouring it all down with red wine. No matter how wonderful I normally thought my father's cooking was, at the sight of this I felt a bit appalled. Especially when I saw that my mother ate just as disgustingly. My mother who normally was so incredibly proper and perfect. Only my dad was not focused on the food. He was staring at me, and his eyes were saying, Run. Toby looked as if he found the whole event rather amusing, and not as creepy or disgusting as it felt to me. I suppose he still thought they would start going wild soon, and in a way, they were, I suppose. Just not the way we imagined. You're not, uh, you're not eating, sweetie. Why is that? Your father's cooking is simply divine. Mr. Cullen chuckled with, uh, chuckled with his mouth, or with her mouthful. She then proceeded to load a big spoon of shepherd's pie onto my plate. I didn't answer, but quickly took a small bite out of it. it tasted amazing, of course, like everything Dad makes. But to see this dish on the tray that he brought us up, that he brought upstairs for us. When I looked at all the food in front of us, I noticed something. The food my father had been cooking today, the potatoes, the pumpkin mash, the caramelized onions, the roasted asparagus with sauce hollandaise, and prepared them perfectly on the plates for Toby and me. But now I realized that none of the food he had cooked was on this table, and suddenly, I completely lost my appetite. My father was trying to warn us. The guests we have once or twice a year are friends of my parents. Not by choice, I suppose. Their families have been part of this town for as long as it exists, and so have our ancestors. In a way, I suppose we are part of some kind of elite, although I never really felt like it, especially because of my dad, who is an incredibly down-to-earth person. I always thought the only reason he did these parties was for my mother, but as it turns out, there was another reason. Toby was the first one to leave. He has to stay over, but I told him I wasn't feeling too well. The other guests stayed until late at night, having the best time you could imagine. My mother went to bed, exhausted with a full stomach, while my dad sat in the kitchen scrubbing the floor. The entire house was quiet and dark at this point. He thought I had gone to bed as well. Monotonously, he scrubbed a stain on the wooden ground. Dad? I asked, my entire body trembling. He didn't look at me. Uh, you need to understand, Chris. I've been a part of this community for a very long time, he said, his eyes still glued to the floor. It's not a choice at this point. They tell us the date and we prepare. That's how we stay well and safe. Finally, he looked at me. We're l we are lucky that they enjoy my cooking skills because the way because uh, because that way we stay needed. <sighs> I just wish your mother wouldn't enjoy it so much as well. Once or twice a year, we have a dinner party to our house. My father spends all day preparing food that only me and sometimes my friend Toby eat. As the guests arrive, however, they bring one other special ingredient. Once or twice a year, we have a dinner party for our, uh, a dinner party at our house. Coincidentally, once or twice a year, somebody moves away from this town. They never come back. Luckily, I'm a pretty decent liar because I have no clue how I would ever be able to explain to Toby that we devoured his uncle for dinner last night. Oh! <laughs>
Little Toby. Oh, rip Toby's uncle. Little dude. Toby. <laughs> Little Toby. Damn, dude, that was pretty good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was, that was pretty, pretty good, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed it. It was so nice. So uh that reminded me of um was it in Telltale's walking game walking game? Good old walking, walking game. game. Where um They ate was it Mark two? Yeah. yeah. Damn, where they ate you, dude. Yeah, where Soylent Green was people. Yeah, hey dude, I'd eat you. <laughs> oh man, excuse me. Um so now I guess it's time. For the story that we both ended up picking. Because <laughs> me small brain, it says Texas, me go for it. Yeah, dude. Is that why you picked it? You're just like, oh, that's where I'm from. Yeah, that's literally it. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, this story was posted in r slash no sleep by user u slash Texas not okay. And uh, it is called, We Are Not Okay in Texas. We're not okay. My husband and I live in Texas. Won't say which city. A couple weeks ago, on a Sunday, I woke up in the middle of the night needing a drink of water. I got up to get some, and as soon as I stood over the sink, cup in hand, I both saw and heard a truck rumble by. It was moving slow, and the red brake lights brightened up as they passed our house. They slowed down to nearly a crawl. I could see the light of a phone screen illuminating some guy's face in the passenger seat, and the driver's face was partially lit to where I could see him looking as well. Thoroughly creeped out, I moved to the side of the window and peered around a corner. This window didn't have blinds on it, so I had no way uh, to watch in secret without moving to another room. But I moved. But if I moved to another room, I worried I would miss their license plate so I could write it down. My husband, wa- my husband has instilled quite the self-defense mentality in me, especially with the baby on the way. I waited for their car to move on and recited the license plate to myself over and over until I could get to my phone in the bedroom and write it down. I covered the screen so I wouldn't wake Brian. I double-checked that all the doors and windows were locked, then crawled back into bed. It took me a while to get back to sleep because of the adrenaline. I told Brian about it in the morning, and he was mad I didn't wake him. But of course, he probably would have grumbled if I had waken him up, so there wasn't a way to win. Regardless, he decided to stay up the next night, a Monday night, to stake things out. We agreed that we wouldn't call the police unless they showed up a second time. We went about our normal days, both went to work, came home, had dinner, watched some Netflix, and night came around. Brian sat in the front room, nestled in with the book next to the window with the streetlight. I told him how loud the truck was so he figured he could just listen for it if they came by again. I went to bed, even though I had trouble sleeping, while wondering if they would drive by again and if they would do more than that. That morning, Brian told me the truck hadn't returned. I was relieved, and so was he. I had a day off, so he went to work and I did some chores around the house. I was going out to check the mail after lunch when I noticed a car I didn't recognize sitting in front of our neighbor's house. The car was off, but two people were sitting inside. As I got up to the mailbox, I could see that they were talking and pointing at something in their laps. There was no way I could see what they were doing without getting closer, but my suspicions were raised anyway. I called Brian, and he came home as soon as he could. 
Through the window, I checked on them every few minutes. They remained parked. Brian came home and took over watching our potential stalkers. I asked if we should call the cops, but all Brian replied was, not yet. It wasn't the same truck, he reasoned, so we could just be making bad connections to the events. Honestly, even looking back, I agree with his decision. We didn't know anything. We just had some slight suspicions that might not mean anything. We had no way of knowing what was going to happen. Eventually, they did leave. They drove off without us even noticing. One moment, we had checked out the window, and the next, they were gone. I was again relieved. I thought we had made a mistake. I was glad we hadn't called the cops over something so mundane. Over the next few days, I swore I caught sight of the same car or same people in different cars. It was such a weird feeling to get almost deja vu as you recognize someone driving, but in a different car than you had last seen them. And the weirder part was the cars seemed to be on a rotation. Silver Honda, Ford truck, white work van, black Honda, over and over, mixed and matched with drivers and order of appearance. Once I thought I saw one of the cars pass by my work, but I doubted it almost immediately. When I told Brian the pattern, he started to notice it too. I'm calling the cops, he finally decided after watching the patterns for a week. They weren't there every day that we could tell, although we did have to work. A patrol car pulled up behind the car while we were both home from work. One walked up to their car and the other came to our front door. I wasn't happy about that because it, it felt like tattling. Here's the people that called us on you. It's their fault is what it felt like they were saying. Brian answered the door at my request and told the story. The officer noted everything down. I piped up from the living room when I needed to, but mostly I just stayed in the house. I tried to pay attention to the cop talking to the car's occupants. There wasn't much I could glean from this far away except one thing. The two of them shook hands with the cop at the end. The second officer sauntered back to our door and gave his report. They were two locals. They took this route to work and took their lunch breaks in the car there. They didn't know it would be a problem and agreed to park somewhere else. With that, the two officers wished us a good day and left. Maybe I just couldn't accept such a mundane explanation, but that handshake at the end infuriated me. For over a week, I'd worried about them, but with a handshake, it was all pushed under the rug. I was convinced they were stalking our house and or one of our neighbor's houses. I just couldn't prove it. Brian tried to sympathize, but I could tell he I could tell he thought it was completely over and felt a little embarrassed at the decision to call the cops. One of the cars in the pattern drove by a few days later, and that set me on edge again. Brian was no help, convinced I had seen some other car, so I went to go grocery shopping on my own. He was pissing me off. In the car, on my way to the store, Brian called my phone. They're fucking following you, he said out of breath. My throat swelled up and I glanced in the rearview mirror. I thought I could see one of the cars from the pattern, but there were two or three cars behind me. Was that them, or was it a coincidence? I'm getting in the car and following too, but I need you to go to the police station and pull into their parking lot, Brian explained. I could hear the sounds in the background confirming his words, the door slamming shut, the car starting. I tried to think of where the police station was, and I told Brian as much. He reminded me of the Maps app on my phone, of course. When you get there, lock the doors and call 911 to tell them where you are. I'm coming right behind you. When we stopped the call, I tried to simultaneously drive and search for the police station address. My hands were shaking so hard I dropped my phone into my lap several times. I couldn't do it. I started to tear up and hyperventilate. 
Siri managed to pop up, interrupting my progress. And I tried to say, Siri, take me to the closest police station. But I was crying so hard, Siri couldn't understand me. That's when a car had to swerve out of my way, blasting their horn the whole time. I knew I had to get off the road before I got in a wreck. That would be so much worse. I ended up pulling to, into a Target and literally parked my car on the crosswalk in front of the doors. I didn't want to park and have other parked cars blocked line of sight if they came up to my window. I was convinced now that these were my stalkers. They wanted to hurt me. They were willing to do it in public. Hands still trembling, I pulled out my phone and dialed Brian's number to tell him where I'd parked so he could come get me. The car I saw earlier entered the parking lot and I froze. The phone was still ringing. Someone honked at me, demanding I move out of the way. I didn't. Are you there? What's happening? Brian asked, voice so quiet it sounded like it was coming from afar. I'm at Target, I whispered as if I was being sneaky. Come quick, please hurry. He kept talking, but my attention was drawn outside the car. The car stalking me swung past around my non-parking job and swerved to block me in. The car behind me began trying to go around but didn't have enough room. I was fully boxed in. Two burly guys got out of the car in front of me. They were obviously staring at me. One of them pointed and I flinched as if they'd taken a swing at me. They marched up to my car and signaled for me to roll down the window. I was right. They had no commotion uh, about a public altercation. They didn't give a shit. My head was shaking, telling them I refused to roll down my window. Brian was shouting into the phone, asking where I was and what was happening. I managed to utter, the, utter that they were at my window and I could hear him cursing. I tried to put the car into drive and go around their car to leave, but one of them jumped in front and slammed his hands on the hood, shaking his head no. Not wanting to get arrested for running a guy over with my car, I didn't slam on the gas like I wanted to. Finally, the guy in my window pounded on it with his fist. Open your fucking window, he screamed, voice slightly muffled. I still didn't obey, so he growled, literally growled, and started shouting at me through the window. You called the cops on us, you fucking bitch. It's our right to follow you. Uh, sorry, it's the words bleeped out. I can't really read it. <laughs> it's our right to follow you bitches around and make sure you don't get an abortion. You can't fucking stop us. I'm going to sue you to try for trying to block our investigation. You're not going to kill babies on our watch, you fucking assholes. He went on a complete tirade. People were stopping to watch the shouting. I just kept leaning further and further away from him. Nowhere else to go. Brian showed up, unfortunately, too late to prevent the confrontation. I watched him come running up to the guy and start shouting, shouting him down. I wish he tackled him instead. They got into a shouting match with the other guy joining in from the front of my car. The guy by my window took the first swing. He missed, but Brian took the opportunity to rush the guy, and they fell to the asphalt, grappling each other and wrestling for control. The guy in front of my car looked like he was hesitant to join in, but he yelled encouraging words to his buddy. That's when the cops rolled up. Some pedestrian must have called them or Brian had before he arrived. I was worried the cops would tase Brian for fighting, but they managed to break up the fight without weapons. The cops separated everyone, moved everyone's cars to parking stalls, and talked to everyone individually. I was bawling uncontrollably by this point, and the cop was getting frustrated with me while we talked. At the end, they arrested both Brian and the guy who had been wrestling him. I was furious, but I know better than to scream at injustice anymore. The guy who didn't get arrested looked smug and shot me a threatening look as he left. Not that a police officer would take that into account. I parked Brian's car better since he jumped out to rush over. Then I took my car to the police station, which I had to look up how to do so I could figure out if I needed to pay bail or not. 
We've since talked to a lawyer. Brian is out on bail, which he helped with. The moment we got home, someone was at our doorstep. They served Brian with a civil lawsuit from the guy who he was fighting with. We read over the papers and couldn't believe what we were reading. We didn't think such a thing would even be legal. There was just no way we had to be misunderstanding it. We showed the papers to our lawyer and he explained it. Our initial reading wasn't wrong. The guy is suing us as aiding and abetting abortion providers by stopping him from being able to watch for abortions being conducted. You know, because we got him arrested. He's claiming that his time in jail and the assault are making it possible for abortions to be done that he would have been able to prevent if he were able to continue his duties. And as the lawyer explained, we have to answer or we forfeit the lawsuit. That means court fees, lawyer fees, time spent with the lawyer discussing details, just massive investments of time and money. All because this guy decided it was his duty to harass pregnant women and make sure they didn't have an abortion or else he could collect a bounty for anyone who helped them. In the course of talking through all of this with the lawyer, he asked if he could ask a very, very personal question. He asked me directly, not Brian. I told him he could. He asked me if I was pregnant or expecting. Before I could react, he added more. He also asked if I had received an email from any of our medical providers about medical records being disclosed or stolen. The question was out of the blue and seemed completely unrelated to our case, but I answered honestly. It was yes to both. I'm three months pregnant, and my OBGYN sent me an email talking about exactly that situation. Our lawyer asked me to pull up the email on my phone and show it to him, if I could. I did as he asked, and he skimmed it. A month before this all started, I got an email and automated phone message from our OBGYN office. They were reporting to us that our medical information may have been involuntarily disclosed because their building was broken into and their office was ransacked. Their file cabinets with medical records were broken up and dug through and some records were missing. Several computers had been stolen. The email and phone messages said that they were still working on figuring out whose records were stolen, but under HIPAA, they had to report it to all of their clients regardless. The email outlined the steps they were going through and said they were working with the federal government, state government, and other medical facilities to get everything sorted out. They even recommended that I move to a different OBGYN, which I did. I'll never get over the pit in my stomach as our lawyer let out a heavy sigh and set his glasses on the table, shaking his head. Unofficial rumor from the county and state prosecutors, according to him, is that gangs of people have been breaking into medical facilities, either with force or covertly and copying or stealing medical data on current pregnancies. When our lawyer heard the rumor, he followed the trail of logic trying, tying it to that recent law passed in our state. You know, the one where abortions are essentially banned in Texas, hit national media, made me question if I wanted to leave Texas for the first time in my life. That one. The logic, according to him, would be to find people uh, they know are pregnant and in the early stages and follow them to try to catch them in the act of getting an abortion, then sue everyone who was even remotely connected to that abortion. He and some other lawyers had already discussed this situation and were starting to see the signs. So far, we're the fourth actual case he's heard he's heard of so far that could be related to these rumors. The symptoms were the same, stalking, harassment, and inevitable altercation, everything. It is yet to hit the main press, but local news is starting to catch on. We're right in the front of it. It hasn't hit the state or national spotlight yet.
They're clearly getting addresses for people to follow and make sure they don't get abortions. That much is clear to me. What my lawyer is worried about, and I don't think he should have told me this because I've been basically hyperventilating ever since, is that this is an organized, concerted effort. The fact we got served with the lawsuit the day after bail uh, means someone other than the guy was preparing it. The names on the lawsuit confirm that. There are six people named in our lawsuit, and our lawyer checked. Seven other lawsuits have already been filed with their names. It's just the start. The start of an avalanche about to terrorize a lot of people. Is this where we are now? Is this it? What is starting? I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm livid. I'm scared. I'm exhausted. I'm worried. And I'm horrified. This is where we live now? A place where things like this can happen to anyone? Where people who are so emboldened by their self-righteousness can inflict emotional, psychological, financial damage on someone? We're not okay in Texas. Cue the MCR, we're not okay. We're not okay. And, uh, yeah, that's a uh, yeehaw, brother. Yeah. yeah. Got some K-Konas in chat. So, uh, you know, we uh, both picked this story, apparently uh initially why did you pick the story uh because texas yeehaw brother that's i I tell you i i literally just small brained it <laughs> you saw texas I, and you were like i yeah. literally just small brained it so i picked this one because of it's political in nature and this is we we talked about this you know essentially what is an abortion ban in texas and uh, we, we talked about this a few episodes ago um and obviously i know that this is not real right this story but it really does seem like like if this were to happen and hit the news i would not be surprised 100 percent. you know yeah i would so, also not be surprised um Oh God! Did you just see what Flashcord put? The Al Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that was the work of Al Qaeda. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I thought, what's spookier than something that could actually happen in real life? Exactly. Right? Zombies, eh. ghosts, eh. people suing you because you might be involved in somebody deciding to abort a fetus in Texas. Very scary. Very, very scary. So Redonk. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, dude, that's that's gonna conclude spooky month 2K21, dude. 2K21. I like it. Can you believe that 2022 is like two months away? I know, right? It's so close. It's crazy. I am still processing 2020. <laughs> and I don't know if you are. It went so quick. Like Listening is processing 2020 still. It just yeah, went so dude, quick. Like it, it really did. Holy moly. Yeah, it really, really did. So we will... Uh, <laughs> we will fuck. We will fuck, dude. It's uh yeah, I mean, you know, I I joke like yeah, still trying to process 2020, but like it's important to remember 
COVID is still very real and everyone stay safe. Cause I swear to God, if you guys aren't safe, Mark's going to get it. Oh shit. My God. My God. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say to conclude spooky month, 2k two one. No, um, it is a good month. I enjoyed it. Spooky month's great. I love spooky month. Yep. Spooky month is great. You know what next month is? The best month. The I why is it the best month, bro? It's the best month. Oh, cause my you your birthday. Cause it's my month? birthday. <laughs> no. Best month, October. Spooky month. Okay. Right. Um. December, because you got all those holidays in December. For me, it's Christmas. For you, it might not be, right? Right. Uh, January. January sucks. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> Day is in January. That's true. That is true. And also my birthday. Uh, wow. Really? January sucks, bro? <laughs> you want to say that to, to Martin Luther King Jr.? Oh, dog? shit. You want to fucking say February is not the best month because Valentine's Day is in February and I'm lonely and bitter. Oh, also, no. Valentine's Day was created by corporate America to hot candy. Oh, no, I love candy. Something. I don't know. Candy's good. Me like candy. Dude. Oh, I forgot to. So I posted this in Discord. I, I want to thank you, Mark. Me? I am the horror trivia champion at my school. Oh, hell yeah, brother solely because of all of the info like all of the knowledge that i have because i don't like horror movies but all of the knowledge i have up here i got through osmosis via you osmosis i like yeah it. dude and this wasn't your elementary school trivia like who is the bad guy in fucking jason x you know it was like <laughs> that kind of bullshit it was like some deep it was like where does the first halloween movie take place um uh who said this line like it was like a quote from a movie and it was like who said this what was the name of the spirit uh that the ouija board gave in uh the exorcism like shit like that dude it was like deep cuts the only one i didn't get was the name of the demon that is the nun i actually don't know that one either the nun i've totally forgot i watched the nun and that movie is not good is it not it's not good (laughs) It's really not good. So I was just like, ah, well, you know, this isn't, this is not a good one. Mm-mm. No, yeah. not a good movie. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for that. Cause I could not have done it without you. I'll, I'll, I'll take the credit. Yeah. You'll take the credit. I won't me. take my prize, but you'll take the credit. Dude, you got a good prize. Yeah. I got a water bottle, dude. Water bottles are cool. Yeah, dude. That's a like water bottle. 16th water bottle. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with a new episode of We Digress. Oh, baby. Uh, and if you want to catch the next episode of We Digress, that'll be in two weeks. Um, I do have to talk to you off stream about the schedule for the podcasts, though. Sounds good. We might have to change it up because I am in harder stuff in school. But we'll discuss that. We'll let you guys know. Can I get a muck, Feichel? Uh, can I get a, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mark, 
before we say goodbye, I mean, if they want to find you or they want to find me, where can they go? Where can we be seen? If you guys want to find me, myself, and I, you can I'm go to... I'm a fucking poet and you didn't even know it. All right, we're leaving. Thanks All for right. watching. <laughs> uh, you can find me literally on everything at Cloudmark27. If you want to find Michael, you can find him literally at uh, everything uh, at Mike Madran Zero. Yep. You were going to fucking say Duran. I was going to say Duran. I had to stop myself. Fucking, you son of a bitch. Milk Duran Duran, and he's Milk hungry Durand, like a wolf. Milk Duran Duran, so. <laughs> all right. All right, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you, and we will see you in the next episode. Hiya. Hiya.